characteristics. So today we talk about peace. The peace of Christ in, in just a crazy world. It is crazy, isn't it? A great knight came home from a journey and he went before the king that he served and loved and he reported. Your majesty, I have been conquering and pillaging your enemies to the south of the great river. The king replied, I have no enemies south of the great river. After the long pause, the knight responded, you do now. <laughs> it happens that way, doesn't it? There's peace, maybe some tranquility, and then the phone rings, or the knock at the door, or the email today, or you turn on the news. Historians have estimated that over the past 4,000 years, there have only been about 268 without war somewhere. Always a war somewhere. Over 8,000 peace treaties that they know of have been signed and broken. And so today we celebrate having peace in our lives no matter what in the world's going on around us. It's been a few years since we've seen this video, but it's the best explanation of, well, you'll decide for yourself. season is the time for peace, we're asking people if they have ever experienced peace in their life and when. I don't think so, no. I can think of a couple things, but maybe not on air. <laughs> uh, yes. I don't know when. Peace. What kind of peace do you mean? Define peace. Inner peace? Environmental peace. <laughs> when I'm at home with my wife? You know what? The beach makes me feel peaceful. Just before bed, going to bed. When I'm sleeping. <laughs> when I'm sitting at home, on the couch on my own. I suppose as a child. I guess with my family. Backstage when the show's over. Probably when I was a kid. Yes, I have. I have. Travel. Away from all the problems. Hiding them almost. But yes, I have. For a brief moment, it's not really like this piece ever I saw. I don't even remember one time. When I did my addiction, I was hunting and fishing. I'm an AT hunter, I'm a trapper. That's what makes parents peace when I'm away from people. My mother went through a heart attack, and I guess peace when, when uh, she got over it. <laughs> Illegal activities? <laughs> I have mountains, or like riding my horse, and going real fast. Peace is watching my little baby daughter sleep. I think I've experienced most peace in a West African refugee camp. Well, lately, not so much, but I think, yeah, I have experienced peace in my life. Probably. Well, 
one time I camped, I was sitting on top of this mountain. There's this beautiful view, just all these beautiful trees and lakes everywhere. I think that would probably be the time I've been most at peace in my life. Standing on the cliffs of Moore in Ireland. Uh, probably when I went to India. I experienced peace in my life when I see my family. Because that's what the most important thing is. Every day, because my boyfriend loves me. When I became a Christian, Christmas is a time of peace, except for like shopping and the chaos and stuff. Around Christmas time, I always feel really peaceful. It's really good time of year. Right now. Because <laughs> I'm almost done with shopping. <laughs> I guess when I've been just kind of focused on God and not letting everything else in life stress me out. So I'm not at violence right now, no. Um, I've never ex experienced peace in my life. Um, like specifically, what do you mean, like, really? Getting my hair pierced? <laughs> no, man. No, man. There's always something going on. Everything. There's always chaos going on. I think the closest I've ever came to peace was probably in Korea, in the gym. Just going to the gym every day, like, I don't know what this is. It was a weird sense of community, because I couldn't speak any Korean, and they couldn't speak any English, but, but we had a blast, you know, and everyone got along famously. But yeah, no, it's always a fight, man. Always a struggle, every day. I know peace, like, pretty much all my life, because um, I know God, and that gives me peace. Every morning when I wake up, I'm sorry. I don't know, I don't see any more here, do you? <laughs> I don't know, my life's pretty peaceful. I don't really get into too many fights or arguments or don't really have to defend myself physically on a daily basis. Ah, uh, before the age of four? Uh, usually at the hardest times in my life. Yeah, and I think that's grace. Yeah, you realize uh, what your priorities are and you um, seem to connect with people on a more real level when you're in hard times. said to them, Do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly, there is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Peace, goodwill toward men. 
the word peace used here in the original language is the word arene. It, it means peace, it means exemption from the rage and havoc of war. And our relationship with God is the way we have peace. I, I felt sorry for a lot of people in that video that, that just didn't get it. They didn't know, they didn't have peace. I feel so blessed to have had it, to have it, and to see it in friends in just the toughest of situations. The story is told about Leonardo da Vinci working on the face of Jesus in his masterpiece, The Last Supper. For 12 years he'd been working on the painting and much of it was completed. There was a blank space on the face of Jesus. He painted the torso, but not the face. He was just waiting for inspiration. This one day when he was ready towards the end of the project to paint, he had one of his pupils read aloud the 13th chapter of John. Uh, when Jesus at the Last Supper takes the towel in the basin and washes the disciples' feet, he wanted that picture of Jesus in his mind. So he listened and he prayed and he focused and he finally dawned on him the expression he wanted to paint. And he reached for his brush and suddenly someone burst into the room and cried out, Oh, at last we found you, Master Leonardo. We've come from the Duchess. She requires your presence. Why? What has happened? Trouble, Monsieur Leonardo. The pipes in the bath do not work. Da Vinci said, let Zora Zoroaster to do that. He can fix the pipes. No, the messenger declared, I'm ordered by the Duchess not to return without you. He wanted to resume his work, history tells us, but it was no use. The image was gone. And slowly he put his paints away and left his work to go and fix the plumbing. That's the way it goes sometimes, isn't it? We are right there. We have communion and closeness. And then whammo. We can get sidetracked if we're not careful. But we don't have to allow it to happen. I love these words from Isaiah in chapter 26. About the peace that we as believers understand. Just three verses. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. There's some debate about the beginning of verse 1, what it means in that day. Some refer, say it refers to the second coming. I find that highly unlikely since the first coming wouldn't come for 700 years since Isaiah had written these words. The best interpretation of in that day means in the day of salvation, the day you know God. If today you're a believer, then that day has come for you. So what happens next? Verse 1 says, we have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. This is about protection. God protects us like a fortified city, no matter what is happening outside of our gates. 
As a Christian, we have security because of our salvation. One modern translation puts it this way. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Isn't that a pretty picture? No matter what you are going through, no matter what you have gone through, you are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. In the days of Isaiah, the people found security in fortified walls of their cities. Remember when Jericho fell? Why did Jericho get conquered? Because the walls came down. The readers of these words, or the hearers of these words in the 7th century B.C. knew that their protection from the invasion of the Assyrians and the Babylonians depended on strong, fortified walls. And now Isaiah is trying to convince them with this picture that God wants to be our protection in everyday life. Everyday life. In today's language, we might say that God is our bulletproof vest, our, our vaccination, our retirement plan, or our safety net. You get the picture. We're surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. This point is repeated again and again throughout God's Word. Romans 8.39 about your protection says this. I'm persuaded either life or angels or principalities, death or life, angels or principalities, powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height or depth or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Psalms 46 puts it this way, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore we will not fear even though the earth be removed. And though the mountains be carried to the midst of the sea. 2 Corinthians 5.1 says this. We know that if the earthly house, this tent we live in, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So you're protected from any and everything. Back to verse 2 of Isaiah 26. Open the gates that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. This verse tells us how to enter the city. We're permitted to enter into God's presence. And he gives us the way to salvation. Remember these words of Jesus from John 10, 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he'll be saved. He'll go in and out and find pasture. John 14, 16. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so once we have access, we have a tremendous promise in verse 3. And that's what I want us to look at. You will keep him, you will keep her, in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. God's power here, not us. There's nothing you have to do except have faith in God. And then it says God will keep you in perfect peace, not regular peace, not just peace, but it says perfect peace. The literal translation is peace, peace. In the Hebrew, it's shalom, shalom which translates to safety and wellness and happiness and health and prosperity and peace and rest and it's multiplied times two. God will do that for you. But there's one condition. We have to keep our minds on Him. We need to understand that the God that created this universe is more than able to take care of any difficulty we might have. You ought to memorize this verse, verse 3. You wake up in the night, quote it. When you worry, remember it. God is able and will keep you in perfect peace. But you have to focus 
it has been 20 years close to when a dear friend of ours in Indiana was in a four-wheeler accident. He was early 20s. A helicopter picked him up in the field and flew him to the University Hospital in Cincinnati. And uh, the doctors gave the family the news that he wasn't going to make it. Oh, they kept him alive for about a week, but every day they told the family it's just a matter of time. So we, if you, you've done this before, we camped out in the emergency room. You've probably done that in a waiting room. You've camped out with people that you love. <coughs> spent a lot of time there. I spent the good part of a week there. It got to be towards the weekend, Friday or Saturday, and I started thinking I've not prepared my sermon for Sunday. I need to go home and get ready. I went to David and Lisa, the mom and dad, and I said, I, I, I'm... I'm sorry, but duty calls and I gotta go. I've got to get ready for tomorrow. Any suggestions about what I should preach on? And I could remember the hallway we were standing in, and they looked at one another and they looked at me, and their son who would die within the next twelve to twenty-four hours, and they looked at me and said, Preach about peace. Preach about peace. Can you imagine what strong mother and father that day, because of their faith, were able to do? They could have said a lot of other things, couldn't they? But they chose peace. Because at that time in their lives, they had a fortified wall around them. God was propping them up and helping them through every step of the way. And I'll never forget that. And I'll never forget your stories as I watch you live in peace with the things you've been through. It is a proof of our salvation the way we respond to those things. It is pointing to God is alive and well. We have a choice. We can have peace or we can fall to pieces. And you've seen both, haven't you? So my prayer for you this Christmas, the gift that you have of peace, is that you know it is always with you, no matter what. As Paul ended his letter to the Thessalonians, he wrote these words in 2 Thessalonians 3.16. And this is my prayer for you, for me, for all of us. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and always. The Lord be with all of you. Why don't you stand up and we're going to say those words together. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and always. The Lord be with all of you. Amen. Let's pray together.